Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of September 2. In the news, the leaders of Armenia and Azerbaijan meet in Brussels. Former Artsakh Defense Army commander arrested for negligence and abuse of power. And three people have been arrested in connection with the deadly Surmalu market blast. This week, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev met in Brussels on August 31. The meeting, which lasted over four hours, was facilitated by the President of the European Council, Charles Michel. This was the fourth trilateral meeting held in this format in Brussels. Pashinyan later stated that the discussion with Aliyev was not easy, but that Armenia stays committed to its peace agenda. Following the meeting, Charles Michel issued a statement noting that the discussions focused on recent developments in the South Caucasus and relations between the EU and both countries. The sides agreed to step up substantive work to advance the peace treaty between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and the foreign ministers of the two countries were tasked to meet within one month to work on draft texts. There was also a detailed discussion on humanitarian issues, including demining detainees and the fate of missing persons. President Michel stressed to Azerbaijan the importance of further release of Armenian POWs, the progress on all questions related to the delimitation of the border and how best to ensure a stable situation was also discussed, including unblocking of transport links in the region. Michel underscored the importance of preparing the populations for a long-term sustainable peace. It was also stated that public messaging is critical in this regard. In a sensitive situation like this, every word spoken in public is obviously uh, listened to and heard by the other side and weighed as such. It was agreed to hold the next meeting of the leaders in November. While the press release issued by Pashinyan's press office stated that issues regarding the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict were also discussed during the trilateral meeting, Charles Michel's statement made no mention of Nagorno-Karabakh conflict or the OSCE men's group charged with finding a lasting solution. Asked to comment on the meeting during a press briefing on August 31, Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova described the EU's intentions uh, regarding this mediation between Armenia and Azerbaijan as, quote, fake. Zakharova stated that the EU is driven by geopolitics rather than a sincere desire to settle the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. She also stated that the EU has nothing substantive to offer to the negotiations, adding that Russia, on the other hand, is working, and this work uh, is bringing about concrete results and is assessed accordingly by the parties involved. One day before the meeting in Brussels, the Armenian and Azerbaijani Border Commission on Delimitation and Border Security met in Moscow for the second time. Their first meeting was held on May 24 on the armenian nakhichevan border near Yerask. Armenia's foreign ministry reported that the parties discussed organizational and procedural issues, exchanged views on the regulation of the joint activity and further work of the commissions. The Armenian delegation, consisting of 11 members from several ministries, was headed by Deputy Prime Minister Meher Grigorian. Azerbaijan's delegation consisted of 23 members. No further details have been made public about the meeting. Charles Michel stated that the next meeting of the Commission on Delimitation and Border Security will take place in Brussels in November. Statements issued by the Armenian and Russian foreign ministries, however, stated that the place and the time of the next meeting will be agreed upon in the near future. Russia's foreign ministry announced Moscow's readiness to continue to provide advisory and technical assistance to the work of the Border Commission. And starting from August 31, the connection between Armenia and Artsakh 
um, is now secured through a temporary road passing through Pertazor in Artsakh and Gornitsor in Armenia. The final road will be completed in May uh, 2023. The Russian peacekeepers have been redeployed on this new road. On August 25, following a three-day escalation on the line of contact in the beginning of that month, which left two Armenian soldiers dead and 19 injured, the last Armenian residents of the villages of Berzor, Sus, and Aravno were forced to leave their homes as the region was handed over to Azerbaijan. Stepanagert and Yerevan have been reassured by Moscow that the new road linking Armenia and Arsakh will also have a corridor status. And today we published an article by Sositatikyan, um, it's a uh, part one of a two-part series um, called Azerbaijan's War of Narratives Against Armenians. She discusses all of these issues, and for our listeners, if they're interested to um, understand a little bit more of what's going on, I would recommend reading that piece. Uh, and now the U.S. and French ambassadors in Baku declined the Azerbaijani government's invitation to participate in a conference organized in Shushi last weekend. During his speech at the conference, Hikmet Hajiev, Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev's chief foreign policy aide, called the absence of the envoys from the OSC Minsk Group co-chairing countries, quote, a disrespectful attitude toward Azerbaijan's territorial uh, integrity. The U.S. Embassy in Baku responded to the criticism on August 29, stating that embassy officials regularly visit all regions of Azerbaijan, including the Ardan, Fizuli, and Zangelan districts, won back by Baku as a result of the 2020 war. The statement did not mention Shushi or Hadrut, another town in Nagorno-Karabakh occupied by Azerbaijani forces during the 44-day war. Armenia's foreign ministry spokesperson Vahan Hunanyan also commented on the conference organized in Shushi, stating that Yerevan reiterates its position regarding the inadmissibility of unilateral visits to the territory of Nagorno-Karabakh. Hunanyan underscored that the population of uh, Artsakh should be involved in the programs of international cooperation and support, commending the position of those countries which refused to participate in such unilateral action. Around 70 representatives of various diplomatic missions accredited in Baku, however, participated in that conference. On August 30, in a statement issued on the occasion of the International Day of the Victims of Enforced Disappearances, Armenia's human rights defender Kristina Grigorian said that 303 persons are still considered missing as a result of the 44-day war in 2020, referencing a report provided by the International Committee of the Red Cross that was published in August 2022. Grigorian also noted that the continuous Azerbaijani policy of providing distorted or no information at all on uh, the prisoners of war, civilian captives, and missing persons is a blatant act uh, of using human rights issues for political purposes, violating all norms of international humanitarian law. While Baku has acknowledged holding 39 Armenian POWs and civilian captives, human rights lawyers in Armenia say they have documentary evidence suggesting that at least 80 other Armenians were also captured during the war. According to the ICRC, as many as 4,900 people from both conflicting sides have been missing since the start of the first Armenian-Azerbaijani war in 1991. Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehan Bayramov, stated that after the 2020 Artsakh war, Armenia has returned the remains of 138 missing persons from the first Kharapakh war to Azerbaijan, adding that to this day, 3,890 Azerbaijanis are still considered missing. 
Following two days of hearings in Geneva, the UN Committee on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination published its findings on Azerbaijan on August 30. The findings state that in light of the hostilities that erupted in and around Nagorno-Karabakh in 2020 and beyond, the committee was deeply concerned about allegations of grave human rights violations committed by Azerbaijani armed forces against prisoners of war and other protected persons of Armenian ethnic or national origin. The committee was also disturbed by reports on the destruction of Armenian cultural heritage, including churches, monuments, landmarks, and cemeteries. It recommended that Azerbaijan conduct thorough and impartial investigations of all human uh, rights violations and strengthen its efforts to ensure accountability and impunity. And last week, or about 10 days ago, I did a podcast with Talin Hidik. She's a Chicago-based human rights lawyer and Tamara Voskanian of the Center for Truth and Justice. They, uh, Talin actually was in Geneva during those hearings, the third hearings, um, and they t- spoke about um, the what they presented to the committee. Uh, again, a really important conversation for our listeners if they want to take a listen to that podcast. And uh, Armenian and Azerbaijani military personnel are participating in Russia-led military drills, which kicked off in the far east of Russia on August 31. A dozen other countries are also participating in the Vostok 2022 military exercises, among them China and India. On August 29, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan and Russia's President Vladimir Putin held a phone conversation. This is the fourth time they've done so uh, in August. The occasion for this call was the 25th anniversary of the Treaty of Friendship, Cooperation and Mutual Assistance between Armenia and Russia that was signed in 1997. The leaders of the two countries expressed confidence that the relations between Armenia and uh, and Russia will continue to develop and strengthen in various fields. Nikol Pashinyan and Vladimir Putin exchanged ideas on a number of issues on the Armenian-Russian agenda. The situation around Nagorno-Karabakh was also discussed. This week, former commander of Artsakh's Defense Army, Michael Arzumanian, was detained on charges of negligence and abuse of power after entering Armenia from uh, Artsakh. According to Armenia's investigative committee, Arzumanian failed to deploy more troops around Shushi, which resulted in the capture of the town and also ordered Armenian troops to withdraw from, quote, strategically important positions. Arzumania was appointed as commander of the Defense Army on October 27, 2020, less than two weeks before the fall of Shushi, when incumbent Jalal Harutunian was wounded and could no longer perform his duties. On August 31, Avedik Chalabian was granted bail for 15 million Armenian dirhams, that's just over 35,000 U.S. dollars. Chalabian, a public figure affiliated with the 5,165 movement and a known critic of Nikol Pashinyan and his government, was detained in May for allegedly trying to bribe the head of the student council at the Agrarian University of Armenia to recruit students to participate in protests. He was briefly released at the end of July when his health deteriorated but was detained again shortly after. Today, the resistance movement led by parliamentary opposition Armenia and I Have Honor Alliances, which are demanding the resignation of Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, will stage a rally at 7.30 uh, in the French Square, resuming its protest actions after a month-long break. The resistance movement organized civil disobedience acts, rallies, incidents, paralyzing the city center from mid-April to mid-June when they cleared French Square, but continued to hold weekly rallies. The last um, demonstration was held at the end of July. 
At that time, the opposition MPs had announced that they would return to Parliament in September, and Parliament uh, will be resuming sessions on September 12th. Over two weeks have passed since the deadly blast in Yerevan Surmalu market, which killed 16 people. Three people have been detained in connection to the blast. The Ministry of Labor and Social Affairs has drafted a bill to provide compensation to the relatives of the victims and those who sustained injuries as a result of the explosion. Further information about the process and amount of funds will be determined following consultations with other ministries. As a reminder, on August 14, a warehouse storing fireworks exploded in Yerevan's uh, Surmalu market. It was later revealed that four tons of explosive substances were held at the storage facility. Last year, Armenia's state inspection body had registered over 16 violations, safety violations at the market, but failed to monitor the elimination of those violations. And in connection to the blast, this week Armenia's ruling civil contract party organized a discussion in parliament uh, and they were discussing possibly banning fireworks. I really hope they do. Uh, well, that doesn't solve the problem because not. there are other explosive substances and if the safety measures aren't in place, Absolutely. banning uh, is not the final mm -hmm. solution. Well, today, Artsakh celebrates the 31st anniversary of its independence on September 2, 1991. Artsakh announced its independence from the Soviet Union on December 10 that same year, days before the final dissolution of the Union. 99.8% of Artsakh's population voted for independence from Azerbaijan in a referendum. In a statement congratulating Artsakh on the occasion, Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan announced that all statements about the non-existence of Nagorno-Karabakh as a territorial unit and the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict being resolved are irrelevant as long as the issues of security and protection of the rights of the Artsakh Armenians are not addressed and the issue of the status of Nagorno-Karabakh is not resolved within the international mandate of the OSCE Minsk Group. Pashinyan also noted that Armenia will continue to support the maintenance of normal life in Nagorno-Karabakh, security and human rights protection. Yesterday, Russian-Armenian businessman Ruben Vartanyan announced that he is revoking his Russian citizenship and is relocating to Artsakh uh, with an Armenian passport. In a recorded message announcing his move, Vartanyan declared the creation of the Artsakh Security and Development Front and called on all Armenians throughout the world to join the struggle for Artsakh. Armenia's former Prime Minister Hovik Abrahamian and 13 others associated with him, including his son and daughter-in-law, who is Gagik Zarukyan's daughter, are being investigated within the framework of the law on illegal appropriation of property. The Prosecutor General's office invited Abrahamian and his family members to provide clarifications on September 5. It's interesting that Hovik Abrahamian has been very quiet yes. since the revolution and now um, this, so we'll see. We'll be following that, obviously. And lastly, COVID numbers continue to grow in Armenia. 2,124 new cases were registered um, between August 22 and 28, and seven people died uh, as a result. And that's the kind of week we've had here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend, and we'll be back again next week.